Welcome to episode 39 of First and Now, the official BC Lions podcast. I'm your host, Matt Baker, and uh, this is all a presentation of IA Financial Group. IA Financial Group has over 125 years of experience helping Canadians, proudly Canadian. IA Financial Group has over 7,000 employees and more than 4 million clients serving Canadians with a foundation of trust from coast to coast. IA Financial invested in you. Contact your financial advisor for more information. It has been, uh, well, a very uh, a sad week, but also a week uh, to reflect here uh, in the BC Lions den and really across all the Canadian Football League. Our owner and champion, David Braley, uh, passed away on Monday at the age of 79 uh, at his home peacefully in Burlington, Ontario. And uh, when something like this happens, obviously, there's lots of reflection. Uh, you hear lots of great stories and uh, we've been doing that throughout this week. You can head to our website, bclions.com. And, and I learned uh, that Mr. Braley's accomplishments stretch far beyond the world of uh, the CFL and the BC Lions. A great philanthropist, a great Canadian, really. Uh, impacted many people. Saw it myself firsthand. Uh, traveling to Hamilton uh, for road trips with the team these last few years and practicing at McMaster a couple times and seeing his name on the buildings there, and uh, very, very impactful. And we're going to speak to two men uh, who know way more about uh, the impact of Mr. Braley than I do, even though I feel we've all learned a lot about the man these past couple of days. Wally Buono, the CFL's all-time leader in coaching wins, of course, uh, a lot of those coming here in BC. And George Chaika, current vice president of business, with the football club, held many hats over the years. And uh, his tenure with the Lions, George, actually actually predates Mr. Braley taking over the club late in 1996. So we very much look forward uh, to speaking to those two men here. And they're going to enter the chat here uh, right now. And it's a pleasure to be joined uh, by Wally Buono and George Chaika now. Uh, neither of these men really need any introduction. Uh, we have the CFL's all-time leader in coaching victories and and George, a fixture with the BC Lions, uh, really for the past uh, three decades. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for doing this uh, on such a tough week. Thank you very much. It's uh, nice to reminisce about uh, our time with the Lions. And obviously, David Braley was a big, big part of that. Yeah, and uh, you both have uh, you both have a few unique stories as uh, your working relationship uh, with Mr. Braley dates back a lot of years. Uh, George, I'm going to start with you, and you were here for a few different ownership regimes, right? I mean, um, take us back to 1996, 1997, when Mr. Braley stepped in and took over, and and kind of your mindset at that time after a few tumultuous years, uh, as I've heard you describe. Well, you know, it, it was an interesting time. Um, the club was uh, being run by the league. It had gone into receivership. Uh, there was a, a group, a local, two local owners that had taken over ownership of the club, and, and uh, Nelson Scalvania and Mike Jensen. I think there was a couple other partners involved in the club. But, you know, we didn't have a very good year on the field. Uh, we didn't have a good year at the gate. Uh, we weren't able to pay the bills, so the club, uh, the league never really relinquished control of the franchise, so the league had taken the franchise back, and then 
you know, there was a campaign that was involved uh, around Mr. X, that there was a, a buyer for the BC Lions football club, and, and he was known as Mr. X. And, and, you know, this is sort of, you know, Wally will probably appreciate sort of reminisce of David because he liked to keep you guessing on things at times. And, uh, you know, the whole program was announced that if we got the 12,000 season tickets and Mr. X was going to purchase the club. So, you know, I think we fell just under that. But when the announcement was made that David was the owner of the BC Lions football club, it, it was a good day for the BC Lions. Uh, you had a, a businessman that had experience in the Canadian Football League, obviously very successful in the business world. And uh, yeah, I can remember that day like yesterday, uh, being with Mr. Braley when, when uh, the announcement was made and, and visiting with different people. Uh, so it was an exciting time for the club. Yeah, Wally, uh, dates back to 2003 season, but it would have been 2002 when uh, the courtship everyone remembers. Uh, you, of course, were entrenched with the Calgary Stampeders. And what do you remember about the start of that process and getting the call from David about possibly exploring a, a move here to the West Coast? Well, you know what, I, I'd rather tell another story and then I'll, I'll go to that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my really first uh, real impression of Dave Braley was uh, in 1999. And I think George will remember this, is uh, when we played the BC Lions, I was in Calgary. And we played the Western Final at BC Place. And BC had a great football team. I think, <coughs> excuse me, they were 14-4. and four, And, uh, you know, we had come in after beating, I think, was Edmonton at McMahon and we had to come into uh, BC Place. And, you know, BC Place was always a very, very tough place to play. And it was a tough, tough physical game. Uh, we ended up winning the game. Um, and uh, I can remember as we were just about ready to depart, I think we were in the West Airlock. Uh, and, um, you know, we had the bus pretty much all loaded up with the players and the coaches and the trainers. and. All of a sudden, Mr. Braley comes in, uh, comes in, steps onto the bus, uh, congratulates me. And then, you know, he congratulated the whole football team and uh, wanted to wish us well for the, uh, the Great Cup game the following week. And, you know, I, I, that was my first impression of, uh, you know, David Braley. And, you know, then I, you come to realize, um, you know, why he did what he did, because as much as David wanted to win, he always put the CFL first and, uh, you know, so that was a, my first impression of him. You know, David was pretty uh, behind the scenes uh, in that whole thing. When you talk to David, he tells you about the fact that, uh, you know, Mike Frederick called him. Uh, they had discussed, uh, you know, a trade for me and uh, all that kind of stuff. And I can remember talking to Bobby because, you know, it, it, was, uh, it was kind of a funny thing because Frederick wanted me to come here, but he wouldn't give me permission to talk to the Lions. So we had to, you know, do it uh, above board and stuff. And, you know, Bob was very uh, ethical and uh, we met at Great Cup, but we really didn't talk about it. And then finally, Frederick said I could talk to uh, the Lions. And uh, I remember they wanted to, to have a trade uh, that they would get me. And, and I think the Lions had to give up Carl Kidd and another player. And I told David and Bob, I said, Bob, don't do that. There's no trade happening. They don't want me here eventually they'll just let me come for nothing so you know uh, like I said David let Bob handle it all and uh, you know but it was nice to know that uh, there was a place for you and that you were wanted 
Yeah, and uh, Mr. Ackles, um, he he explained that pretty in pretty good detail in his book, The Water Boy. I know uh, the both of you read that, and uh, and what a time that was. And uh, yeah, Wally, uh, you mentioned '99. I that's apologies for putting the 2000 <laughs> game on here. It's just Mr. Braley's first uh, cup with uh, the Lions. So, but yeah, so it kind of returned the yeah, favor uh, the year great. after. Yeah, that's great. I think we I think we were in your locker room for that game, Wally. Don't rub it in, George. <laughs> you were okay. You know, you 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 deserve that one. Uh, yeah, two thousand. You guys had a great team, and you really did, right? And uh, when you consider, uh, you had lightning, thunder, and lightning, and uh, yeah. yeah, you know, you had a great defense, and uh, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it, you know, the CFL was what it was, and then if you can get through the West, you always had a great opportunity to win the Great Cup. I think Carl Kidd made that big play in the extra two points that Calgary was trying to get at the end of the game. That would have given them the, the I still, I still say, George, that was a penalty. <laughs> oh, it was clean. It was clean. What they, they call it, the third inning or something. But, you know, like I said, that was a great play. And instead of us going up by, I think it would have been nine, uh, we were only up by six. So it, it was a big play. And when it was all said and done, uh, you know, those are why you win games, and that's why you win championships. Yeah, it was a good no call. Yeah, of course we're going to say it was a good no call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moving uh, moving along. Yeah, and this uh, it's a perfect time uh, very quickly to to give a heads up to our listeners and viewers that we do have some pretty cool content surrounding the 20-year anniversary. Wally said Carl Kidd there. Stay tuned. Uh, we may have something to do with Carl here and a few others in, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but, George, uh, back to the task at hand. Uh, we're tributing Mr. Braley here on this latest episode of First and Now. And um, reading J.J. Uh, Adams in the province did a nice uh, write-up. Uh, he interviewed you this week. And, and you had mentioned it was easy for you, George, to be a little, for lack of a better word, skeptical, because there had been a couple of regimes. Uh, there was bankruptcy and everything. And you weren't exactly convinced that Mr. B was going to be here for longer than a couple of years, were you? Yeah, no, that was my first impression after that first day. And, uh, you know, I, I remember, and you go through this whole series of emotions, obviously, when you, when you hear that someone has passed away and, and it strikes you as a, as a shock. But um, I can remember that, and I, I've said this, and I've, I've told David that after a number of years, I didn't expect you to be here more than more than a few years at the end of the day. And I guess, you know, my, my background in history with the club, my very first year with the Lions was Murray Pezum's last year with the club. And you know, I, people make a, a lot of fun about Murray uh, as an owner, but I, I, I do know he really wanted to win, and he poured everything that he had the club to try and make it a winner unfortunately uh it just it, it just didn't happen and he ran out of money and there wasn't any more funding coming from his company prime equities so uh he, we went in a receivership that year and then bill Comrie took over the team and got a lot of respect for bill as an owner because he also paid the bills and put his money there uh, to keep the club going ended up winning a great cup uh, within two years in 94 that was a phenomenal run by the club at that time. Uh, but, you know, I think after about three years, he sold the club and then uh, there was a group uh, that was a consortium led by Nelson Scalbania that lasted about, I don't even think quite a year. 
and then we were in receivership again. And then, uh, you know, I guess, I guess my pattern of what I'd been used to is I thought, okay, well, he looks like a legitimate businessman. His shelf life might be three or four years. It's probably after about five years that I realized that uh, he could be here longer than, than I've been here. And, uh, you know, probably what turned my mind, I can remember a conversation with David one Saturday, and uh, he said to me, he goes, you know, we're going to make this club successful. And I thought, okay, no, we're, we're going to make this club successful. And that's when it kind of sunk into me that, you know, his passion and determination to make the Lions a successful franchise was there, and he was going to do whatever he could to make that happen. And, you know, I think when we obviously were able to get Bob Ackles to come back to the BC Lions, and then have Wally come on as the head coach, Dave Dickinson as our quarterback. We had a good core group of players that were here and added some others along the way, but uh, we had a very good group and a very great run there uh, in the mid-2000s with regards to this franchise where we were we were the premier franchise in the Canadian football league, regularly between us and Montreal in the East. So uh, he was true to his word in that you know, he was going to make this club successful. I'm glad you mentioned a lot of those other additions that came uh, with Coach Buono in 2003 because, Wally, um, I've, uh, I've heard you explain this story a couple times already. Um, you weren't used to the way Mr. Braley was, you know, supportive of spending money as far as free agents and signing and all that. Well, you know what, uh, David? Uh, I mean, the, the first one was uh, when we went after Dave Dickinson, uh, you know, Bob and I had talked about it. Bob and I uh, made a plan, and Bob said, Wally, can you get Dave Dickinson? And, uh, you know, I knew his agent really, really well, Ken Staninger. Ken, I've done a lot of work with him. We signed him when I was uh, in Calgary. And, you know, so we made the phone calls, and, uh, you know, you have the preliminary uh, cost of, of uh, a contract. And then at that time, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a lot of money. It wasn't, uh, you know, it was a lot of money. And, you know, so, uh, Bobby said, well, why don't you present your case to David, which we did. And, uh, you know, David didn't bat an eye. You know, it didn't matter what the amount was. Uh, the question was, can he help us win? Can he help us sell tickets? And obviously, uh, uh, Dave did both of that. And, uh, you know, he was the, I guess, the big piece, like George says. There was a lot of great football players already here, and they already had a good football team. But I think the thing that we had to do was just change the mindset a little bit and Dave Dickinson uh, with the way he played, with the way he was committed and with the, you know, the, that whole mental toughness of uh, Dave Dickinson, uh, he brought a lot of, uh, I, I think, respect to the football club. But then, you know, guys like G. Roy Simon, all of a sudden G. Roy became, uh, you know, a great player and uh, uh, in an offense that highlighted him, uh, we had some great defensive players like a Carl Kidd and like a Brent Johnson and, like a Baron Miles, and, you know, we can go on and on and on. But, you know, the thing is, uh, David was willing to invest in winning. And, uh, you know, he knew that if we won, it would make George's job of selling uh, sponsorships and all the other stuff a lot easier. Yeah, and I think a, a big piece, I know in talking to David, that, that one thing that David really appreciated was Wally ran a pretty pretty tight ship on the – football cost side as well. So, you know, in, in our discussions, I know that's something that David gave a lot of confidence to Wally in with regards to running a, a tight budget and uh, spending his dollars wisely. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, Wally as coach and GM, you are also a big uh, big piece as far as business operations, not just football operations, like we're talking about in Georgia. We all know uh, your area of expertise all these years. Uh, if there's once the working relationship um, sort of improved and got better, George, what's sort of one takeaway or one lesson you might have learned from Mr. Braley that maybe uh, you hadn't come across before? Oh man, I learned a lot. Um, you know, David was probably one of the sharpest individuals I've ever met with numbers. His mind was like a steel trap with numbers. He would he would remember everything. And I mean, my 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 recollection of numbers wasn't as good as his, but you know, he had some great sayings uh, that I, <laughs> I still use with our staff. I mean. You know, if you ever, you know, if you ever said to him, you know, I don't, there was a glitch with the system and his reply would be, the computer does what you tell it to do. <laughs> so I've used that with a number of my staff over the years, like, don't even try going there, you know, and he, and he had, he had several sayings that, that, uh, you know, I still use today. One of my favorites was uh, a phrase that he had in talking about someone that had a lot of show behind him, but are not as not a lot of substance. He would say big hat, no cattle, uh, was another description. Uh, and then, uh, you know, another classic was BS doesn't baffle brains. And, uh, you know, there was no BS with David. I mean, uh, he, he could see through anything very quickly. Um, mind was very, very sharp when it came to numbers, uh, and a ton of experience. Like, you know, there would be things that I felt we should do. He'd already tried it in Hamilton uh, may not have worked. Um, you know, the lowest prices and always the secret to success. He would tell me these things and, uh, you know, as much as I would push back, uh, he would, you know, usually let me go ahead and, and do what I needed to do so I could learn it for myself uh, if I had a different opinion. But uh, no, he would challenge you. He would challenge you on things. And, you know, there were times that I won. There were times that I didn't win. But at the end of the day, uh, his support was always there. And uh, we're talking about this from a Lions perspective, obviously, but it also goes without saying uh, how great he was with the CFL. We've talked about Hamilton, and he jumped in and saved the Argos. Uh, just an all-around great Canadian, right? When you look at his philanthropy and uh, the way he gave back to various communities, not only here in BC, I mean, how great of a Canadian patriot uh, was the man? Oh, he was, he was huge. I, and I think, you know, his, his bio that came out on Monday, I, I think a lot of us have forgotten how much he's really done. And, you know, when you have a situation of a, of a man like that, that, that leaves us and you look at his accomplishments that he's done over the years, uh, you know, there's things that I forgot about, but we're reminded about. And I had, you know, there was a time when, when we owned the Vancouver 86ers. Mm -hmm. uh, when Ringall was our president and he'd spoken to David about buying the 86ers and uh, you know Bob Leonard Uzi sent me a note saying that you know hey wanted to send my condolences to the family if David hadn't have carried the 86ers at that time I'm not so sure we'd have an MLS team here in Vancouver so that was the the kind of impact that, that he did you know I used to always think why why do we have a soccer team here when we're a football club but he knew it would be valuable for the community. That was a decision that was made. So he carried the white caps until someone else could carry the torch. 
uh, or the 86ers, I should say. And, and now we've got the Vancouver Whitecaps back again. Yeah, I believe he sold the 86ers to uh, David Stadnick around uh, the turn of the century there. And then that's when they, after that, re-adopted the Whitecaps name all over again. And uh, yeah, uh, so apparently I joined this club a year too late because I, I'd heard all the stories about going to Hamilton every year and having the barbecue at David's uh, house. And Wally, I heard rumors that even you were charged with uh, firing up the grill and cooking. I don't know if that's uh, verified or not, but... Uh, any funny stories from those barbecues at his house that you'd be willing to share for air coach? Well, I think obviously um, the players and, and the staff always look forward to going because they would always put on a great barbecue. And, uh, you know, I mean, he made sure he had plenty of prime rib and uh, plenty of uh, food and stuff for the players. But, uh, you know, the thing that was always funny about David, three things. One, you had to be there at a certain time. You had to be there exactly at... 10 to 6. You had to leave exactly before a certain time. And then, uh, you know, after a big feast and after a lot of fun, uh, David always, as you were leaving, would remind you that he lived in Hamilton 365 days a year and uh, that the game was important to him for a lot of reasons. One of them is because he had to walk around the community mm -hmm. and he wanted to make sure that uh, the club understood the value of the win. <laughs> You know, and David was like that, uh, you know, down to earth. Uh, he would, you know, walk around. And, and George has been there, too. He let the players just kind of be and relax. And uh, it was fun for him. Uh, as he got a little bit older, he got a little bit tougher. But, you know, whenever he could, uh, you know, he always opened up his home. And I think that was a part of him showing how much he appreciated, uh, you know, what the team did. Yeah, he was, he was very, very uh, hospitable. And, you know, one thing I remember, when you go to someone's house, I've always got a habit of, you know, wanting to take my shoes off. He said, don't take your shoes off. Leave your shoes on. Well, I had a funny story because it, it, wasn't on a, it wasn't on a road trip with the team. But, you know, I was in Toronto, uh, I think after a game, I guess. And we, uh, Velvet and I were over at, at his house. And, you know, one thing, Wally, you probably remember, he loved his cats. He had two cats and he loved them. And man, like, a, you know, you, you, see, you, see, you always see a side of a person, there's a business side, and then there's a side when they're with their pets. And I, I remember one time, you know, he was showing me around the house and, and went into, he was showing me his master bedroom and I, the cat was on the, on the bed, it was Milo, and he was playing with that cat. And man, the expression on his face, it's just a whole, you know, whole other side that you don't see on the business side, but that's his home life. And, and you know, he wasn't afraid to share that with you. And, and of course, I can remember this one time, you know, I, I just gotten a brand new pair of shoes and I'm sitting in the chair and had a habit of kind of wiggling my foot. Well, sure enough, Milo comes over and starts grabbing my shoe. Now, brand new pair of shoes and I'm Okay, you know, kind of, I'm kind of like, okay, get away, cat, get away. Well, now he thinks I'm playing, and he's digging his claws in and biting onto my shoe. <laughs> I've got claw marks and bite marks. I still have that pair of shoes with those bite marks in them. What am I going to do? I'm not going to kick the cat. So, anyway, so that's the one thing I always remember about going to David's house and uh, seeing seeing him play with his cats and and uh, having that new pair of shoes start up for life. That's a great story. I uh, did not know that about the man. That's <laughs> well, he loved his cats. Yeah. 
we got to send those uh, shoes uh, back to Hamilton for a spot in the in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, George. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know, but uh, I like cats too, so it was okay. There you go. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, uh, lucky enough uh, to come on a lot of road trips. And by the time I started, uh, we were going to a restaurant, and David would host us there, and you know, he would stand up and address the team and you could see it and you could hear it in his voice, really, just how much he cared, whether the win-loss record was good or bad, was irrelevant. He was proud. And that was one big takeaway, um, seeing him address the team, uh, Wally. Uh, he had a lot of pride, especially when it came to the beloved BC Lions, right? Oh, no, he did. And, you know, the thing about the David, as much as he wanted to win, uh, you know, and he was a fierce competitor that way. The thing that he always would get on me about, uh, you know, and this I don't think happened too often, but if the team didn't play hard or if he felt the team wasn't ready to play, uh, he just felt like we were cheating the fans, like we were cheating the community. And, uh, you know, he made that very clear, you know, which uh, uh, as an owner, you have to. Uh, know what's important and you know you know as a professional coach and George as a vice president of business understands you know that our jobs are critical to success whether it's selling tickets selling sponsorship or but you know for David the thing that was most most critical when he came to the football team on the field was that they had to give a hundred percent he he wouldn't uh, put up with anything less than that and if he thought that the club didn't give a good effort, he'd make you know about it and stuff. So, you know me, I always appreciated that because I think it shows you, uh, you know, the value. And, you know, David was old school way back there. And uh, for him, he felt that the football club uh, owed that to the community, owed that to the fans. And, and that should be something that he should expect every time. Yeah, and I, he had a very simple philosophy can't win every game. You're not going to win every game, but it's important that you're entertaining and that you're competitive. And, you know, I, I never saw David, you know, there, there was obviously, you know, during his tenure, there were games that, you know, we just didn't play well. The game wasn't close, but I never saw him mad, or at least he didn't show outwardly that he was mad. And, I, I, you know, he'd be disappointed at times, but I never, I never had the anger uh that was visible to me Wally I don't know if you did but uh I never did on you know in our discussions that we had after a bad game so that was one well no George you're, you're totally correct because you know one of the things that um, um was always good with David is you know I would call him uh before the week and then at the end of the week and before the week was you know what happened who got hurt and all that stuff and then I'd always call him at the end of uh, a game the next day to be able to go ahead and rehash. And, you know, David, yeah, you know, he'd ask you about this play, about this defense, about this. But, you know, he was never angry at you because you lost. Uh, he, yes, he was disappointed. Yes, he might have been a little bit annoyed or upset. But, you know, when you left the conversation, he all, you always felt like he was there uh, cheering you back on and stuff. And, uh, you know, so to me, you know, like you're right, uh, you know, David understood sports. He understood the reality of sports that you cannot win every game. Okay. And, uh, you know, to, to keep your anger in check, good for him, good for us, because, you know, we're uh, his extension to the football club. And, uh, you know, David, I thought did an excellent job of keeping his emotions in check. Yeah. 
Uh, gentlemen, uh, a lot of great stories here, and we could probably go on for hours, uh, but uh, kind of in closing, uh, anything else uh, you want to say to sort of sum up and honor Mr. B's legacy? Wally, start with you. Well, I, I think, you know, uh, uh, David had a tremendous uh, affection for the staff. You know, and I think George knows that, uh, you know, whether it was when I was there, you know, when Billy uh, lost his son, uh, you know, when we had the tragedy with Bobby's heart attack, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, Cato uh, got sick, you know, he, he was always, always concerned about the individual. And, uh, you know, uh, no matter what, he always wanted to make sure uh, that uh, people were taken care of. Uh, to him, uh, his staff that worked hard for him, that was loyal to him, uh, he in return wanted to show that back. And, uh, you know, I was always very, very impressed with that with David because of the fact that, you know, we are, our, our business is a tough business. Uh, you know, whether we had to release a player or anything like that, David always uh, was very uh, sensitive about that, and he always wanted to make sure that it was done done right and done with some dignity and stuff. Yeah, I would agree. Um, he did care about the staff, um, you know, and, and he was good to me. Uh, and I think Wally the same. You know, Wally, I can remember, you know, when we were in Hamilton that one time, we went for dinner at La Presti's. He always loved going to La Presti's, and yeah. Lord Nelson was his favorite steakhouse in Hamilton. And I can remember being there one night for dinner. Um, and uh, it was David and uh, his son, Robin. And we had a real nice dinner and uh, a couple bottles of wine. Uh, Rob was ordering the wine. I remember when the bill came, I grabbed the bill. I said, I'm going to get it. He said, no, you're not going to get it. I said, no, I'm going to get it. And I remember, uh, uh, handing over my credit card. <laughs> I looked at the bill. I didn't know what kind of wine we were ordering, but I know he was telling me he was going to get it. But I said, no, no, I'm going to get it. And I wanted to get it. And I did get it. And then I found out when I met with David the next day, he said to me that he phoned the owner of the restaurant and told him to reverse the charges on the credit card. And he was going to, he was picking up dinner. And I said, he didn't have to do that. He goes, no, I'm going to do it. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the kind of, kind of man he was. He was very giving, uh, he was a very good businessman and he was a businessman first and foremost. And you got to respect that because he was self-made and he understood the value of a dollar. Uh, but, uh, you know, did a tremendous amount, uh, you know, for, for the Canadian football league, tremendous amount for sports, tremendous amount for his community. Uh, caretaker, the BC Lions franchise. He always, you know, referred to himself as, "I'm not the owner; I'm the caretaker." You guys are running the club, but uh, he saw his role as making sure the the franchise was in, in good shape for the community. And you know, it's uh, it's something that you know you got to continue to strive to do. So, um, yeah, we're gonna miss him. Uh, we're gonna miss him. He's a great owner. Very well said. Uh, great man indeed. Uh, a presence about him, but a down-to-earth factor as well. And uh, La Prestes, that was it, George. I was drawing a blank <laughs> on that name. The past is good, almost as good as Wally's, but uh, no doubt, uh, no doubt, always a fun uh, activity uh, on a trip to Hamilton. Uh, guys, um, I know it's been a tough week, and you've both been busy doing a lot of this, and. Uh, I know Mr. Braley uh, is watching us from above now. We're going to be back and better than ever in 2021. Uh, that's the only way to honor him. And 
I appreciate you guys as always. Appreciate well, it. Well, thanks very much. And uh, yeah, David would be, uh, yeah, he would not want us to be uh, so colorful because David was pretty, pretty humble. And, uh, you know, he always wanted to be behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, that was who David was. And like George said, uh, you know, David supported you, allowed you to do your job. And um, it was a pleasure to work for him for all those years.